Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. Welcome to this episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast. Today, I have Paris Capleton with me. Hi, Paris. Hey. (laughs) Hi, Jazz. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? I'm really, really well. Thank you so much for joining me to come and just share a little bit about your journey. But before we (laughs) dive into that, um, can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Of course. Um, So hi, everyone. My name is Paris. I'm a qualified cognitive behavioral psychotherapist, work for the NHS full time. Um, And I'm also a psychological life coach. So I'm sort of seeing clients one to one. And I also um, host a lot of workshops as well. Um, So, yeah, that's me from a career side of things. From a personal side of things, I'm a lover of life, genuinely. Um, I just feel like life is to be lived. So everything I do, I try to do with meaning, intention, and of course, with fun. I love that. Meaning, intention, and fun. (laughs) That is so, so, so good. And in terms of what you're doing, because... So let me give a bit of background. So we met through Rebecca, who Mm -hmm. is going to come on the show, which I'm excited about. Um, And... I think in terms of your journeys, I remember when we met, we met doing a vision board event for Rebecca and it was just so amazing that you were just really focused on your craft and really supporting people. Um, And I was, I was so taken aback by like your gentleness. Like I think when people think of coaches or qualified therapists, they think of people Mm. that are quite firm and going to force you to dig, 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 dig. And Mm. not saying that you don't do that. I haven't had a session with you. (laughs) (laughs) but um you know the topic that you got us all to reflect on at the top of that year was like relationships and all different types of relationships and I've still got notes from that session to this day and I just think it was just such an important conversation Mm. that makes me smile jazz honestly (laughs) I, I literally remember it like it was yesterday um it was like my first kind of step you know into owning being a life coach and a therapist and sort of providing um providing that to people outside of the NHS so yeah it was quite a pivotal moment for me (laughs) yeah and tell me a little bit about that journey like which part came first and then Mm -hmm. also naturally like what are the differences between um you know therapist and a life coach and also um cognitive behavioral therapy um, itself yeah um so I always knew that I wanted to be in the helping field one way or another I think I was mainly drawn towards therapy initially so I kind of set out on my journey to become a therapist I think my overarching goal is to become a counseling psychologist um so pray for me in a few years time hopefully I can just get through those three years but Mm. I kind of consider myself an academic although Um, I was diagnosed with dyspraxia about three years ago now. 
So the way I learn is slightly different to sort of the general public in that I often have to um, create like acronyms to remember things. And sometimes for me to kind of retrieve information, it's a lot longer, but it means that I store it for longer. Um, So although I love academia, it hasn't always been the easiest journey for me, but I always knew that, you know, in this field of psychology, I wanted to kind of sort of achieve my goals and you're never you're never ending you're always Mm. kind of learning in this field and and that's what I love about it so I would say the therapy came first um my first role was um as a psychological well-being practitioner so that was a year's course um again funded by UCL and um the NHS and that was great but what I was doing funnily enough was like coaching Mm. Um, you were kind of using self-help materials to guide someone um, who was experiencing mild to moderate mental health symptoms um, into kind of you know more functionality and living a good life and honestly the the parallels between that and coaching were uncanny and that's what made me realize hmm okay I've been doing this this is great but this isn't the kind of pinnacle of therapy I want to reach but what I've learned from this is I'm quite a good coach you know I can use materials and resources to get people to achieve their goals so that's when I um, started to embark on the coaching journey um I'd went to I remember I went to those you know tiresome uh coaching academy events where you're literally there for like two days for like seven hours oh yeah in a hotel (laughs) with no windows oh gosh yeah you know, it, it was interesting. It, it really kind of solidified that I wanted to be a coach as well as a therapist. So I ended up doing my coaching uh, qualification at Goldsmith University. Again, me being an academic, I just preferred that setting rather than kind of a coaching um, kind of institution. And then that was, I think, last, that was 2019 to 2020. And yeah, I'm here today. So I'm a qualified uh, cognitive behavioral therapist which is kind of like coaching as well, but on a deeper level, um, because the fibres of uh, CBT is all around um, setting goals. It's a very goal-focused, solution-focused therapy. So you're always setting goals with your client and you're kind of almost looking in and helping them to kind of change their outside by looking at their thoughts and their feelings and obviously looking at unhelpful behaviours. So I kind of feel like the two match really well um, for me. And honestly, I absolutely love what I do. Um, I couldn't see myself doing anything different. I can definitely see myself expanding on things, but right now I'm kind of where I wanted to be. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I love that that the journey, I don't know, it's like I'm imagining you sort of just picking up gems. You know, like when you play like video games, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just you like, I just picked up one star. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go on to the next star. Oh, there's one over there. Let That's me go and get that literally one. literally how it feels, Jazz. Honestly, because I even remember before the coaching course and before I'd embarked on any therapy, I did like an introduction to counselling skills course. And again, that was really cool to kind of, you know, learn how to listen to people actively and, you know, paraphrase. And I agree with you. I think I am that type of person that any opportunity or position I'm in, I always learn something and take it along under my belt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's so, so, so important. Um, And thank you so much for walking us through kind of the differences because, um, I know for me, when I went through my experience with depression, it was CBT that got me through. Mm. And it was such an interesting experience because 
I knew that it would feel different because it's therapy, but I knew that it would also feel quite similar because of my training as a coach. Yeah. And I just loved it. I loved like the tools and stuff. And I say loved it. Like, I hope everybody understands what I mean when I say I loved it in the sense that it worked for me and um, the sessions were effective Mm. and it just, I just responded really well to it. um, And it really, really helps me out a lot because it just gave me a toolkit that to this day, when I'm starting to feel overwhelmed and my anxiety is kind of becoming a bit more than anxiety Mm. I go back to those exercises and those worksheets and Mm. you know do stuff like my worry journal and stuff like that and um and I've just found it to be so 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 helpful but it must be like how do you maintain your own mental health and well-being kind of being the space holder for other people Mm. I think for me, it's, I've always had this kind of philosophy of as much as you give it, as much as I'm giving to other people, I have to give to myself as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have like specific times in a day where I just won't be on my phone. And unfortunately, my friends and family do get the brunt of this because I'm giving so much to my clients on a day-to-day basis, especially like, especially those days when I'm working for the NHS and I've got like... you know, assessments in the morning and in treatments. And then I might have like one private client. I'm so talked out that I just don't want to talk anymore. Um, And it's important for me to take those times for myself. Mm. I would also say that I have a little bit of like a special power where um, I'm, again, I think it might be due to the dyspraxia actually, but I'm pretty absent-minded. So when I say that, what I mean is I'm not someone that can harbour um things I often take things in process them and let them go um I'm definitely more prone to worrying but even that if I'm really like stressed or worried I'll kind of worry for a really short period of time Mm. where it doesn't kind of linger um and I'm of course always susceptible to sort of low moods but again another thing that's almost made me realize that this is maybe the reason why I don't experience depression because a lot of people in my family do experience depression it's because my mind is quite absent Mm. so a lot of the time depression is um is fueled by our thoughts and that ruminative process where you're kind of thinking of all of the things in the past the mistakes that have happened yeah My my mind doesn't really go that far which is really strange there's obviously positives to it there are negatives of course me missing friends birthdays and stuff but I would just say naturally I'm someone who can leave work at work and switch off although again you know one could say that my hobby is actually my work because a lot of what I do outside of work is you know creating content for my Instagram page and doing podcasts and talking about the field because I just genuinely am passionate about it but honestly I really think it is just about just knowing how much you can take you know I, I consider everyone to have like a tolerance bucket my tolerance bucket isn't too large. I'll admit, I can get overwhelmed very quickly. But I've learned throughout the, the sort of years of being in this field that when things are going into my bucket, such as projects, um, you know, clients, any mm. anything that's kind of going that I would consider stressful, not just work as well, like my personal life as well. I've got quite an active personal life. I always make sure that my taps, as to say, are letting it out. So that's things like mindfulness, going for walks, exercising, mm turning my phone off after 10 o'clock I have like a do not disturb um and all of those things just help me to 
to recenter and ground myself um, and re- recuperate my energy so I'm ready back for the next day. You know, it, it's not easy being a therapist, but the worst thing is being a therapist that's burnt out because mm-hmm. you're not there for yourself and you're absolutely not there for your clients as well. Yeah. And I love that. I love that you have those boundaries in place. Um, I definitely knew, I definitely relate on the um, do not disturb because I have that on between 10 and 6 every day. Yeah. So it's quite funny that. for me because I get up in the morning and because I'm an early bird, I get up to messages saying, sorry, this, you know, sorry, this message is coming through to you late. And I'm kind of just like, it didn't come through. <laughs> it will not come that. through. Like, <laughs> it's literally that. It's to the point where even I've had to tell like my parents and stuff. And I was just like, literally, if it it's is so an emergency and it's happening after 10 o'clock, you're just going to need to call my partner. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. my phone is not going to do anything. It's not going to flash. <laughs> it's not going to light up. It's not going to vibrate. So I'm going to do any of those things. Um, and that really helps me maintain a sense of peace and mm-hmm. a sense of balance. And when yeah. I am feeling more stressed, I, it will go from eight until eight mm. and without any shame, without any reasons, without mm. any excuse or anything like that. But I say that to say boundaries are something that I've been working on a lot. Mm. Um, and so kind of also them. as... As somebody who also works full time and sort of runs their business outside, I put an out of office on my my email for my business, mm-hmm. which I hadn't done, and I wish I'd done sooner because it automatically just freed. That's a great me. idea. I haven't thought about that. I don't quite yeah. have that yet. I didn't have it. Like, and I've got friends who work in their business full time, and they have one on permanently to say, look. Thanks for your message. 48 hours, 72 hours. I even know somebody who's got a really amazing one where she's just like, I check email once a day. So you'll get a response back within 72 hours, but I only check it at 2 p.m. each day. So bear that in mind. And also with all of these out of offices. So for anyone who's freaking out at the idea of an out of office, (laughs) because I know at first I was, you can literally put on there that you don't mind being chased. Like I know somebody who's like, if it's urgent and because she works in social media, this is what she said. Mm. She's like, literally, if it's urgent, slide into my DMs because I'm on that app for actually doing work. But it's one of those things that makes you realise that actually replying to emails isn't me doing my job. It's maybe yes. got opportunities for me to do my job. It's ways for me to manage how I do my job. But answering emails, like I don't I don't coach clients via email. I don't deliver workshops. Oh. <laughs> so it's like, how do we protect that time and realize mm. that just because things can be instant doesn't mean that they should be or that people expect you to as well. Because mm. I think for me in my day job, when I sort of stepped into the field of tech, you were kind of defined by how quickly you could reply to an email. Mm, interesting. And how often you could reply p- to people. And then that starts to, because it's a customer f- service sort of role for all intents and purposes. And um, uh, that's been, I've been in customer facing roles my entire career. And that is mm. something that they have traditionally measured you on. So that kind of ingrained into me. And I just lifted that and brought it over to my my business without, without even questioning it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm literally shaking my head, Dad, like you're <laughs> dropping some serious gems. I think that's it. Because our clients are people. We want yeah. to serve. We want to get to them as quick as possible but it's not it, it doesn't it's not always necessary to do that mm. it's literally that 
And it's also creating ways. So one thing that I'm focusing on to make me feel even more at ease with the change that I've put in place is, mm. you know, working on putting an FAQ page on my website. Yeah. Because the out of office has got links to uh, the pages about my services. Mm. It's got links to my social profiles. And I think it's even got a link to book a call in with me. So it's kind of preempting. So I'm still giving great service mm. and just letting people know, you know, if your query is about any of those things, like you don't even need to talk to mm. me. Like you don't, my clients don't need to talk to me to book in. Yeah. Anybody who wants to work with me doesn't need to talk to me to book in. Yeah. Um, to talk to me, if that makes sense. Like, I've got the scheduling link. So if you want time on my calendar, it's relatively easy. Go through the website. You let me know what you want to talk about. All of that good stuff. Um, I love that. It it sounds like you're working um, smart and not hard. Mm. And that's something that I'm definitely trying to kind of muster. Because what you're telling me makes so much sense. And even I'm thinking about clients. Like sometimes the back and forth emails can be quite overwhelming for clients. I know when I'm emailing... Um, you know, companies and stuff. It's very frustrating. I just want to, you know, book something in and talk to someone when I when I get the chance. So actually, it, you're almost helping your clients as well, which is amazing. Yeah, and it's just getting straight to the point because even actually, the more that I think about it, um, it's something that I'm wary of. Our lives are so busy, even more so mm. now that people who weren't online. I've always been online because I work in tech and my business. Mm. My business is primarily online. I always did tons of in real life events, met clients where possible, but mm-hmm. the default was very much online. Our inboxes are busier than ever. Like newsletters are coming thick and fast, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And it's definitely something that I've always wanted to be a little bit more thoughtful around, even down to um I've got a membership group. So the membership group Career Clubhouse for Ambitious Women. Mm-hmm. I I want to send out a message and I was just like I'm part of membership groups where they send a fortnightly newsletter. And I was just like, "Mm, why don't I just do a post inside Mm -hmm. the group and then just send a notification. And then it's not a giant piece of information. It will be there for them when they log into the space. And that feels a little bit more respectful of their time and their sort of boundaries. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of that whole sort of hub. So it's like thinking, are there other ways that I can communicate this in a simpler way? Mm. You know, that whole keep it super simple. Mm. Yeah. How have boundaries been for you or just time management in general, right? Mm. Just moving between the work you do for the NHS and then also your private clients. Work in progress is what I'll <laughs> say in short. Um, I definitely started off as someone with very very little boundaries personal boundaries work boundaries everything um I remember my first job out of uni I was taking work home there was no Mm. need for me to take home no one asked me to take work home but you know I always felt like I had to do the extra above and beyond with friends and family you know it always be oh Paris can you come yep I'm there and again I had this idea that that was me showing care and love Mm. for others so I definitely started off with someone with very 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 lax loose boundaries and I suffered the consequences <clears throat> and I'm talking about burnout talking about resentment I'm talking about frustration mm. you know money losing money because I'm going to places and traveling for again for no reason at times um 
And I just felt like I couldn't live like that anymore. It wasn't serving me. It wasn't serving the people in my life. And, and I couldn't sustain that long term. So yeah. I would say it was probably like 2019. Um, it was 2019, actually, when I got a promotion. So I became a senior in my previous role mm. and that obviously meant that I had to slightly change um you know the way I thought about being a supervisor and supporting people and obviously people would need my help but yeah. I was only one person and I couldn't be there all the time and it was in that role that I'd really got a rude awakening and I'd realized that this just isn't effective for anyone again mm. I was working really late imposter syndrome was through the roof <laughs> it was through the roof um, and towards sort of the second half of that post, I just thought this isn't working. Um, mm -hmm. I'd actually did some CBT on myself and I remember my supervisor actually helped me to do a few experiments. One of the experiments was around delegation. I had a really negative view of delegation and she was like, Paris, like that's how managers are able to do their job effectively. They delegate, they can't do everything on their own and they're not supposed to do everything on their own. Yeah. Um, and I was like, but you know, what if someone says no or what if they can't do it? Like I do it, just <laughs> try it out. These are all predictions, just try it out. And I tried it out and it was absolutely fine. And I think that was the first sort of skill that I'd learned to free up my time mm -hmm. and then allow me to kind of work more efficiently. So yeah, it's been a progress for me. I would say at the moment I probably still maybe work a little bit too much but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like stress or excessive it's kind of just you know like I said it, it sounds a bit sad but it, it's kind of just reading things that I enjoy you know outside of work and you know mm. like I said creating content that I just find fun um it doesn't feel stressful for me anymore as it did and and I've been able to really kind of firmly say this is my time and this is time for work and everything else. And yeah. I do not compromise on my time. That's one thing I don't do. Um, because a lot of the time we will burn ourselves out for our crafts, for our work, for others in our lives. And, and when we're in that place where we can't function anymore, mm. nine times out of 10, the people that you were running and, and being there for aren't necessarily going to be there for you because they have their own lives as well. Yeah. So as an adult, I've really learned that, you know, it is our responsibility to say no and to look after ourselves. And yes, we can get support from others, but ultimately, you know, it, it's, it's our responsibility. Mm. Yeah. It's that it's, Oh, it's, it's like getting, it's choosing to get off the hamster wheel. And it's I think it's something that's so, so common amongst service providers, especially those of us whose services are, you know, we're passionate about helping people transform their own lives and yeah. supporting them and giving them that space and, you know, all of those things. And it can mm. be really tough because you find that you make with each decision, you're either going to make a decision that's very boundaried and, for want of a better word, sustainable. <laughs> like yeah if I made this decision five times in a row it wouldn't impact me negatively mm. but we tend to go the opposite route um I think even I was talking to a friend the other day and we were just talking about some other people whose boundaries we admire and stuff and mm. just talking about like getting comfortable with the moment when somebody wants to book in a call with you you're super excited too and they're just like oh the next call, the next availability you have is next month or it's in four weeks. Do you, do you have anything else? And, you know, even though your gut feeling is telling you, well, I could probably squeeze, I wonder if I can do this <laughs> afternoon. I could probably do it while I'm walking between oh. this and that. Or I should, I don't need lunch. 
maybe they could, you know, and it's and it's making, instead of making that decision, which is one of those decisions, if you make that five times over, you're going to find yourself in trouble. Yes. Um, making the decision to say, that sounds about right. The availability that I have is clearly shown on the calendar unless somebody cancels. That's that's yes. what I've got. And that always on mentality is what I had to pull back on as well. Mm. And also not only for myself, but also for my clients. Um, You know, at the moment I've got a few one-to-one coaching clients and Mm. the sessions tend to be clustered around Fridays and Saturdays. Mm. So I'm just like, well, even if I have a space on a Friday or Saturday, I really want to spend that time digesting the session, Mm. making sure I'm doing my coaching reflections, Mm -hmm. you know, providing them supporting materials to follow up and things like that rather than Mm. just squeezing everything in. But my default for so long was to squeeze everything in. And it got to a point where I started to believe that that was the only way and that was almost the reason for my success or the reason for things going right is because I'm always available and again that's like oof that's just a belief isn't it yeah that's like a that's that is the trickiest limiting belief because Mm. it sounds positive right it sounds Mm. like if you're always available your business will grow oh (laughs) that leads to a slippery fall yeah it's literally that. And then starting to realize that actually, if you're boundaried, your business will grow. If you're yeah. boundaried, you'll give yourself space to up the levels, to do your yeah. personal development, to improve the quality of things, to be more thoughtful, more mindful, more considerate, more all of those things that you want to be and that we all want to be when we start out, you know, doing a business mm. like this or setting up a business as a coach. Absolutely. Um, but it's very easy to, again, like I said, just step onto the hamster wheel and be like, everyone else is on the hamster wheel, right? So let me I join. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. And I think when you was, there was something you said just now and I was just like, yeah, I'm, I've definitely been guilty of that. It's the kind of, like you said, squishing things around and being like, but actually I do mm. have half an hour here. And no, just because you have half an hour there, go and make a cup of tea or go for a walk. Mm. It doesn't mean you have to fill that time uh, with work. You know, it's, it's that thing where just because you can doesn't mean you always should. Mm. And it's about being able to kind of hone that and, and really practice that out. Because another thing you said that I, I really resonated with, Jazz, was that kind of limiting belief of always being there and always being on time and always saying yes. And it's like, yeah, that's the reason for my successes and that's the reason for my opportunities. Mm. But the only reason why you consider that is because, again, when we kind of think about our beliefs, we only take in information that matches with our beliefs. Mm-hmm. So you're discounting the days where you can't sleep because you're, you know, up all night trying to get something ready for someone that you fitted in or the days where you're starving and you know you get migraines because you're looking at the screen all day all of that information goes doesn't get sort of sucked in because that doesn't quite fit with the belief that if I'm always on time I'm going to be an effective you know businesswoman or businessman Mm. um so yeah that that really resonated with me yeah it's so important and like these are the things that I'm They've always been at the forefront of my mind, but growing into more because I start to, when I look down the path of what the behaviours and the habits look like, Mm. they're either going to be something that will, again, keep things sustainable, protect me Mm -hmm. at at the core of the business um, and be the type of practices that I want to master before it gets too tough, right? You know, Mm. it's one of those things where... um, even when I talk to women who are further along in their journey as an entrepreneur, and this is the same for men as well. And they, mm-hmm. they tell me stuff like, Oh, I don't answer my own emails. And I'm just like, 
mind blown what yeah <laughs> that's the goals <laughs> but that's it I'm starting to realize I'm just like well okay just list the reasons why you think it's impossible for somebody else to answer your emails mm. <laughs> or at least do a first draft over and the yeah. more I thought about it the more I was just like oh my gosh there isn't any <laughs> there there isn't any like there's no impediment to yeah. that becoming a thing. And in fact, that gets me closer to my goal of creating a business that's super intentional because exactly. that wonderful human can make sure that nobody gets lost. Yes. <laughs> and they can make sure that all of the questions get answered and people end up where they're meant to be and they get the resources and the information and they get to walk away quite quickly being able to say, oh, I managed to book into Jazz's calendar mm-hmm. straight away. Mm-hmm. And then when I jump on a call with them, I've got all the details. Yeah. And we're just, you know, just going through. We're getting to know, you know, what's your goal for the (laughs) workshop? What's the focus? What are the participants like? What's your team like? You know, we get to do all that fun stuff because at the core of it, I'm a people person. I'm also very, like, admin process oriented. Mm. So I can get really stuck in those weeds. Mm. Um. So it's a huge thing to kind of watch out for. And I think it's something that I talk about a lot of the time when it comes to, once you start to understand your strengths, Mm. it's great. You get to celebrate them, but then you also have to be wary or you are innately more aware of the things within your strengths Mm -hmm. or the consequences of your strengths just overrunning. Yeah. Because if I, if I sit in process land, (laughs) I'm telling you, I wouldn't launch things yeah uh, this podcast we would not be recording it right absolutely. now absolutely <laughs> like, there's a lot that I would have just stayed in the weeds with and I would have just been like jazz founder coach chief administrator and <laughs> chief administrator first and <laughs> say this tongue-in-cheek right because when you run your own business especially starting out by yourself you do wear all the hats you do However, you need to know which hat is the primary hat like- absolutely <laughs> honestly it's, it's 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 literally what I called like derailers so like a dera- mm. derailer is a positive quality but if it's overdone or like you said, if it isn't checked, then it becomes negative. Yeah. So even like you were saying about me sort of being, I'm naturally an empathetic person. So I am gentle, I'm kind. But what I've realized again throughout the last few years is actually that doesn't get results. And that isn't always what your clients need. Sometimes mm. they do need that firm, accountable, you know, partner that's going to kind of call out excuses and things like that. Because, again, we don't grow in comfortable, nice environments, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that was like that was a derailleur of mine. And it felt really uncomfortable at first. But I realized that actually, you know, it's something that I need to kind of unlearn those mm-hmm. kind of, um, you know, weird beliefs about you having to always be kind because um, my my teachers and lecturers weren't always kind to me. And. I did relatively well in school. They weren't mean, but they weren't always kind. You know, it's it's getting yeah. that balance. It's really getting that balance. So, yeah, yeah, I think we definitely need to check check our strengths and our weaknesses and make sure that they're working for us. I like to not say things are good and bad or less than or more than anymore. I like to say what is working, what is workable, because sometimes things we can kind of consider as bad or yeah. not good may be helpful in a particular environment or in a particular situation so yeah I try to sort of let up of those um, labels because they can really keep us stuck 
Mm, 100% I think it's so so important to just recognize those things and as much as we're talking about this in the context of running our own businesses Mm. I think a lot of people are having a similar experience when they think about the whole concept of productivity at work Mm. and managing productivity and boundaries working from home because again Mm. I raise my hand I'm used to working from home I'm used to working flexibly Mm -hmm. um so I think a lot a lot of me took for granted how much of a shift it is Mm -hmm. and how it puts a lot of pressure on you to make sure you're getting up to stretch your legs make sure you're eating your meals make sure you're not just filling the calendar just because you can Mm -hmm. um and you know just remembering to kind of put yourself first and remembering there's one of you and you know that also we weren't designed to kind of be cooped up in our houses like this so, so true. if you have days or even you know even weeks I've spoken to people who you know approaching Christmas was just an uphill battle where it's like yeah. I probably have two days where I'm like on form per week the rest of it it's literally just scraping it by and you know understanding that we are social beings understanding that there's a level of uncertainty that we've all lived under for a prolonged period of time Mm. um and just giving ourselves that grace yeah absolutely yeah I feel like we've touched on so much here but I have to ask you the question I ask everybody of course (laughs) what is your career teaching you right now oh it's such a big question and I don't think anyone's ever asked me that uh let me think about that for a moment so what is my career teaching me right now I think it's teaching me to step out in faith and let go of fear I think that's the main teacher currently like there's just so many so many things that are kind of coming up in my mind and opportunities that are coming my way and things that I would normally be quite fearful of but I'm realizing that it's important for me to see that fear is just as blind as faith Mm. and it's up to me to choose you know which one is going to I guess push me you know towards the career and towards the woman that I want to be um so yeah it's just genuinely seeing all opportunities as a possibility and mm. really just stepping out um yeah wow that was quite vague no uh, but I'm, <laughs> I'm still on fear is just as blind as faith because I'm like oh I wish somebody would have told me this like 20 years honestly, ago honestly honestly the amount of things that I might like the doubt that go through my mind and I'm like oh maybe not that maybe not that but maybe if that goes really well as well you know but what mm-hmm. if what, what if it goes really well so yeah I've, I've really been considering kind of you know what if it goes really badly and you know it fails but what if it goes great and it succeeds um so yeah that's that's where I'm at currently with my career that is amazing oh and for anybody <laughs> because I feel like I feel like it's very important to do this because um again like I said when I like met you I met you through Rebecca and Rebecca has a similar not exactly the same but a similar journey in the way that you both have these amazing combination of talking therapies and coaching skills that you just really bring together to get results for your clients and really help people and that's been a 
a long-term commitment and passion for both of you what would you advise anyone who who wants a similar career who wants to step into therapy as a career or coaching Mm -hmm. as a career or both together I would honestly say um, utilize your networks, like speak to people who are currently in the field, um, especially if you're sort of from a black or, um, you know, another sort of minority ethnic group. Um, Again, questionable about those times, but yeah, just really, really reach out because I feel like there's a lot of ceilings that you feel that actually aren't there. And there's so many different routes for you to get into this type of work. Um, like, for example, coaching. Um, I only found out like in 2017, 2016. But then when I kind of do my research and I read books, people have been coaching for years. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, I just found out that this was a thing. But, you know, there's, been, there's people that's been coaching all their lives. You know, there's books written in the 80s. So use, you know, use the kind of pillars and use the people that are before you. You know, a lot of the time people are willing to help. They're willing to kind of offer and share their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can kind of consider, you know, whether that sounds like something you would want to try. But I would always, always, always just, you know, go back to your why. Why is it that you want to do this? Because I think although this is an amazing field and genuinely every single day, and I know you can agree with me here, um, Jazz, you leave feeling so fulfilled because yeah. you are changing someone's life. You know, even if it's that first session and you're just kind of mm. listening to them, that is changing someone's life. People don't often get listened and heard um, in no, an open and non-judgmental way. Um, so, you know, just ensure you know your why and that will propel you on. It's not easy. You know, I sit here saying how much I love it. And, you know, there are times that I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, is this the right thing for me? But again, I go back to my why and it is always about, you know, offering impact and supporting people to become their best selves in whichever way that is. You know, whether that's through being a therapist, whether that's through being a coach, whether that's through being a teacher, um, you know, if your values align in that way that you want to give back, it's definitely a field um, that I would consider you looking into. And again, just remembering that there are so many different ways that you can do it. There isn't sort of one size fits all. Um, and that's the beauty of it. That is the beauty of it. You literally create the life you want. And I feel like that's what I'm doing now. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story. It's it's been such a great conversation. It really is my hope that this is helpful for any anyone, everyone listening <laughs> out there. We we got into some really interesting things that I hope people consider for themselves. Where can people connect with you and follow your journey? Mm. So at the moment, um, my main point of contact is Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so my Instagram name is Paris.lalove. So that's L-A-L-O-V-E. Uh, it actually stands for live a life of value every day, <laughs> which is a little Ooh. bit cheesy, but no, that's but I how like I live it. my life. That is literally how I live my life. So yeah, Paris Lalove on Instagram. Um, I am due to um get my website up and running in the next two months. So please, please watch this space. Um, but yeah definitely connect with me dm me if you had any questions if anything resonated with you from today's chat um yeah i just love connecting with people and and continuing these conversations amazing so you heard it everybody follow connect with paris on instagram so you can find out all about her wonderful workshops and when that website launches thank you so much thank you so much for having me taz 
listening to this week's episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast, where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a career that stands out. Don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. Did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the Career Clubhouse? You can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops. Check the links in the show notes for more info. As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career.